seated if you would, right there. How many of you are expecting God to do something great in your life today? How many of you get up on Monday morning and you're expecting God to do something great in your life? How about Tuesday morning? Wednesday morning? Thursday morning? Friday morning? Saturday morning? Sunday morning? Monday morning? Right? Every day we get up with an expectation about God doing something amazing in our life. That's the kind of God that we serve. And just so you know today, you can kind of sit here today and just kind of go through the motions, lean back, kind of nap, check your Facebook status. You can, you can kind of communicate with the person sitting next to you via text. And, and I'll just, by the way, assume you're taking notes. I just had to make a decision I'm going to do that. But you can do any of those things or you can kind of lean into the Word of God today to recognize what the Word of God says about the Word of God, that the Word of God is active and alive sharper than any two-edged sword, that it penetrates the divide of the soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. And what we need to recognize is that word is constantly leading us in the path of life. God is constantly talking to us. You might go through seasons where you're not hearing him and you're just in a dry season, and we all go through those, by the way. But you might be in that season and you're thinking, God, are you speaking anymore? God is speaking to us. And sometimes we have to kind of dial ourselves back in to really hear from God, hear about God, understand God, know God. God is not something that we work into our lives from 9.30 to 10.45. I'm trying to give a rough estimate of how long I'm going to think I'm going to go today. Uh, just on Sunday for this kind of hour, hour or so in our lives. God wants to be working in our lives all the time. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to be in church all the time. It doesn't mean that we have to be walking around singing, praise God, hallelujah, all the time. But it means that in our natural lives, the lives that we're living, working, walking out, God is wanting to show up extraordinary in our lives all the time. That we believe he's a good God who loves to do good things in the lives of his children. And so what we have to learn how to do is we have to learn how to walk on the path that he has for us. His word is a lamp to our feet. It's a light for our path so that we know how to walk in the abundant life that he has for us. And just so you know, if you step off the path, God's not angry going, again? I can't believe you're doing that again. He's not. He's just going, no, no, it's over here, Richie. Richie, you're, you're talking this way to your wife right now, and you're here off the path of, of, of not life, and suddenly you're surprised that not life is showing up in your life, and it's right over here. Be kind. Oh, okay, yeah, be kind. Okay, hey, I love you, sweetie. How you doing today? That's the, that's the life that God wants us to have. We, we need to not compartmentalize our lives with God. We need to invite him into our life so that he's walking with us every day. By the way, that's a free message. Let me go ahead and get to my message today. So we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the third person of the Trinity. And we haven't been doing this as summer filler. We're kind of doing this series because, hey, it's summertime. People are in and out. So let's just do some series on the Holy Spirit. We're, every time we do a, a series, it's because God is speaking to my heart and sometimes the, 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 le- the teaching team here at the church and, and those that we invite in. And this is kind of an emphasis and a focus that we believe God is wanting us to speak about, talk about, and walk in right now. So we're, we've had this opportunity. Again, this is, this is week six of this six-part series, and this is the final week. But we can always go back and listen again to learn more and understand the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. 
Because we all have kind of a different concept, a different perception, a, a different reality, if you will, about the Holy Spirit, about the way he works and the way that he operates. And so it's really imperative that we understand things about the Holy Spirit, that we begin to have revelation about the Holy Spirit. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so when we learn to place our faith and our trust in God, it's because we're hearing the word of God, understanding the word of God, and learning to apply the word of God to our lives. So we've been looking at different words and and trying to make them relevant because some words the devil has tried to take out of context and and tried to beat us up with them or try to make us think they're scary things. And, And today I want to look at the word baptism. And the word baptism is often used uh, with the Holy Spirit, and it talks about being baptized in or with the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not a scary word. In fact, here's what baptism means. It means to be immersed in. So that's all it means. So baptism doesn't just mean to be baptized in water. In the, in the biblical text, when you look at it throughout the Word of God, it means to be immersed in. It means to get all in, to feel it all over you. So it's interesting that there are actually three baptisms. Most people think there's only two baptisms, but there are three baptisms that I want to talk about today that the Word of God talks about that that are part of our spiritual journey. And and I want to encourage you in that to recognize that you're on a spiritual journey. We, we have a tendency to think, oh, I wish I was further along. I wish I was further out. Or, or we look at other people and say, why aren't you where I'm at? But we're all on a journey. And, and it's the thing I love about the body of Christ because we're all kind of in different places in our journey. And just so you know, God's not ever mad or impatient with you on your journey. He's, again, just constantly saying, no, no, it's right over here. Here's the path. Here's the path of life. Walk on the path of life. But there's three baptisms that, that the Bible talks about. And the first baptism that we see in the Word of God is to be baptized into the body of Christ. And, and all that's really talking about is your salvation experience. It's not anything weird or, or well, I don't really know what that means. Again, it means to be immersed into a relationship with Jesus. You see, the day that you gave your life to Christ, you didn't join a religion. You didn't join a religion. You, you became a follower of Jesus. And be, becoming a follower of Jesus is not about church attendance. It's not about praying. It's not about reading the Bible. Now, all those things are important, and they're awesome to help you in your relationship and in your journey with God, but that's not what Christianity is about. Salvation is an immersion into a relationship with Jesus, and not only with Jesus, but also with his bride, the body of Christ. So let me be clear. Salvation has always, God has always intended for salvation to be this vibrant, authentic, passionate relationship with God. And it was never intended to be this part-time thing that we do once or twice a month on Sundays. So what it never was. That's not what Christianity is. Christianity is to be an immersion into a relationship with Jesus, but also with his body, with one another. 1 Corinthians says it this way in verse in chapter 12 verse 13. For we were all immersed into, we were baptized by one spirit into one body. So we're immersed into Christ. We're immersed into the body of believers. And you often see this word body used in the New Testament for talking about us, that we are the body of Christ. That's why I talked last week about how you are gifted in the body of Christ for something in the body of Christ. 
for us to impact the world, for us to help people understand the love and hope that's found in Christ Jesus. Galatians 3 says it this way, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. By the way, that's how you come to Christ is by faith, not by feeling. For all of you who were baptized again or immersed into Christ. So my question for you today is, has this been your experience? Is, is this what your life is about? Have you been immersed into a relationship with Jesus Christ? See, I, if you can go to the pool, you can hang out at the pool and you can go to the pool and you can dip your foot in the pool and you go, oh, that water is amazing. You're just dabbling in something. But you know, when you get immersed in the pool on a day when it's 100 degrees, how many of you know that's awesome? That's what God wants us to be, immersed into a relationship with Christ. And watch this, you have clothed yourself with Christ. You're putting on the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You've done more than just head knowledge. You've clothed yourself with Christ. And and I'm showing you this to say that the first baptism that you need is to be immersed into a relationship with Jesus. In fact, I want to show you this with the disciples when they were saved. Because, see, we, we kind of forget this, but the, the disciples actually started out in the Old Covenant when they met Jesus. Jesus had not yet died for their sins. And then one day, Jesus died for their sins, and then they were immersed into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I want to show you the, the same story found in two different places in, in the, the first, gospel, four, first four Gospels of Jesus so that we see two of the three different types of baptisms. Did that make sense, what I was saying there? All right, let me show you. This happened during this 40-day period. Jesus has died. He's not yet gone to heaven, all right? And so before he returns, he says, this, John says this, John 20, verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, they were afraid. They'd crucified Jesus. They were thinking they're coming after them. Jesus came and stood among them, just kind of popped in, showed up, and said, peace be with you. Now, if y'all were like me and we were watching TV at home and all of a sudden Jesus popped into the room, wouldn't you be glad if he said, peace be with you? Right? Verse 20. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. He's saying, look, this is really me. I know that you believed, but you're maybe a little unbelieving. He showed him his hands and side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed into them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That is the moment that the disciples actually got saved in the new covenant. Now, Richie, they'd been with Jesus for three years. Again, Jesus had not yet died for their sins. They were serving them under the old covenant. So Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. And I think this is important for us to know in this series on the Holy Spirit that the moment that you receive Christ into your life, you are immersed into a relationship with Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. It's important that we know that, but I want to show you this same story in the book of Luke and notice how this time God emphasizes a different baptism or a different immersion that we are to receive. Aren't you glad that God does that, helps us understand stuff? Luke 24, verse 36, it says, while they were talking about this, again, Jesus suddenly stood amongst them and said, peace be with you. Then in verse 49, he says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. 
but stay in the city, talking about in Jerusalem, until you have been clothed with power from on high. Now, the reason why I'm showing you this is because even though you have received the Holy Spirit, or even though the disciples had received the Holy Spirit, they had not been immersed into the Holy Spirit. Notice the future tense nature of this verse. I am going to send to you what my Father has promised. They had, again, the Holy Spirit, but he's saying, wait in Jerusalem until you're clothed with power until you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's why Acts 1.8 teaches us this about the power of the Holy Spirit. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So hang on to that, all right? Because what I'm trying to show you today is that the disciples had been baptized into Jesus, and that's all of our first baptism, which, by the way, it's the most important baptism. And by the way, it's actually the only baptism that you need to make heaven. So if heaven is your goal, the abundant life you don't care about, you can go ahead and take a quick nap, and I'll finish the rest of the story, all right? Here's the second baptism that God wants us to walk in, and it's this, water baptism. Now, we're familiar with this, but let me remind you that water baptism is a separate experience from your salvation experience. In other words, you don't have to be water baptized to be saved. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? There are some that teach that you do. There are some that say that you need to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There are some that say you need to be baptized in Jesus' name only. And there are people that are getting angry and mad about these different types of baptisms. And what they'll say is that you're going to miss heaven if you don't get baptized even though you were saved. My wife and I used to travel full-time in an evangelistic ministry, and one time at the end of a service, there were about 85 people that night that came forward to receive Christ into their life. They were inviting Jesus into their heart and life. And at the end, when I was kind of back in the, in the bookstore area with my wife, these four ladies came up and they cornered me. And they, they were, they were um, passionate about what they were talking about. Let me put it that way. And what they were saying is they were so angry with me that I had told them that they were saved and that they had not yet been water baptized. And I, and I tried to explain it to them. And finally I said, listen, there are 85 people today who made a decision for Christ that are going to heaven. And so listen, you're just going to have to trust that God's going to be able to work out in their lives what needs to be worked out in their life. There are people who believe that you have to be baptized either in Jesus' name only or in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just so you know. You're not going to get to heaven, about ready to walk through the pearly gates, going, man, Jesus, I'm here. He's going to go, oh, wait, wait, wait one second. I'm sorry. But when you were under the water, you didn't realize it, but the person said the wrong thing when they were baptizing you, so I'm sorry you're not going to be able to make heaven. That is not going to happen. All right? You need to know that your works, getting baptized, didn't, won't, and can't save you. Your salvation is a free gift. It can't be earned or deserved. But it's a second baptism that you should receive. See, some of you have been immersed into a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you've not yet been water baptized. And you're wondering, Pastor Richie, why should I be baptized? Because it is a public profession of faith. It is, represents the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the new life that we have in Christ Jesus. But the, I believe the greatest reason for you to be baptized is it is a powerful deliverance that takes place, that the Egyptians that have been in your life when you were before you knew God, you're not going to see them anymore. 
It's a powerful thing. And while it's a private decision for you to receive Christ, that's why we pray prayers and allow you to sit right there at your seat and for you to invite Christ into your life, at some point it needs to go public. Because you are declaring to the world, I belong to Jesus. You see, when, when Pam and I got married, we didn't just sneak off somewhere by ourselves and go, okay, you want to be married? Let's not tell anybody, but let's get married. Listen, I'm wearing this ring on my finger, so ladies, you know, y'all can't have none of this. I know a lot of y'all are disappointed in that, but I wanted to say publicly, I am Pam Browns, or Pam King at the time, and now I'm Pam Browns. It's a public declaration, and there's a new level of faith that you're going to be able to walk in. You see, the day that you're water baptized, I believe something supernatural happens. You can look back and say, God, thank you for that incredible experience. You're going to understand some things that have held you back in your past. They're not going to have a hold on you anymore. I did an entire message on this, by the way, several months back in the Essential Series. If you ever want to check out our podcast, which, by the way, I always encourage you to go back, listen to messages, continue to feed your faith. So the first baptism or immersion that you need is to be immersed into a relationship with Jesus. And again, if that's the only one you do, awesome. But the second baptism I believe that you need and is important is to be immersed in and water baptized. And here's the third baptism that the Bible talks about, and it's the one that I want to really look at today, and it's this. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Remember the disciples had received the Holy Spirit when they saved, but Jesus told them to stay in Jerusalem to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Here's a way that you might be able to understand it. If you're holding a glass of water in your hand, there is water in the glass, right? That's you. That's your salvation experience. That's having the Holy Spirit in your life. But if you take that glass and you drop it into a pool, it is now immersed in water. All right? So again, if you want to walk without real power in your life then your salvation experience is good enough. But if you want to walk in power in your life, you need to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of verses and a lot of understanding, and again, it's, a, it's kind of a complicated thing to unpack. In fact, back in the foyer on a little, um, some shelving back there, we have this thing about the Holy Spirit and, and baptism in the Holy Spirit, and it's an incredible tool for you to take. It's a free gift. You, you guys have already paid for it through your tithe and offering, and so on your, on your way out, you can go grab that, check this out, study it, begin to understand the power of the Holy Spirit, But because there, there, there are a lot of verses on this subject. But for the sake of time, let me just show you one where all three baptisms are explained. It's in Acts chapter 8, and it says this, that Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. What had happened is the church had gone out from Jerusalem, and they're now sharing the good news of Jesus Christ everywhere they went. In verse 12, it says, but when they believed, first baptism, salvation, Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, second baptism, baptism in water. They were baptized both men and women. Verse 14, and when the apostles in Jerusalem, these are the leaders at headquarters, all right? They're hearing about, hey, a revival has broken out in Samaria, that Samaria had accepted the word of God. They sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now remember, they're already saved, so the Holy Spirit is in them. They just haven't been baptized or immersed in it yet. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Third baptism, the the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
So there are three baptisms. And again, it's important to know that the first one, being baptized in the body of Christ, has nothing to do with our effort. Aren't you thankful today that it has absolutely nothing to do with our effort? We are baptized into Christ simply based on the finished work of Jesus. But we participate in and are part of the second two water baptisms. Just so you know, you're thinking, God, if you want me to be water baptized, well, then just knock me in the water. So every time you go next to a pool, you're kind of going like this because you're afraid God's going to knock you in. You're going to have to actually say, God, I want to step into this. I want to say publicly, God, I believe in you. God, I want, I want the enemies that have been deal, I've been dealing with for so long, I want them to be gone out of my life. It's the same thing with baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to open up your heart to receive it. And it's an empowerment that God gives so that you can fulfill the purpose that God has for you. See, it's an empowerment for us to walk in the destiny that God has for us. And some of you need to be reminded today that we serve a good God. Let me give you another opportunity to say amen there. You need to be reminded today that we serve a good God. That God is for you, that he's good. Listen, I talk to people all the time, and they're afraid to really fully commit to God because they're afraid if they do that God is going to get them to do something that they don't want to do or something that they're going to hate doing. Some of you are raised like me, and you feel that all the time. Because what I was told growing up is if you want to do something, God's like, I don't think so. What do you not want to do? Well, I don't want to go to Africa. Okay, Richie, you're going to Africa. God is not like that. In fact, the way that you're hardwired actually speaks to the destiny that God has for you. The way that God has equipped you, the way that God has filled you, the way that God has gifted you speaks to the destiny that God has for your life. That's why we want you to go through the growth track so you can discover your God-given design so you can start understanding, God, this is what you have for me. Because that is the place that you find the greatest joy and the greatest contentment. You need, but you will need the empowering baptism of the Holy Spirit, first of all, to know what you're called to do, and second of all, to help you through it. Not because it's so difficult, but because what you're going to walk in is you're going to walk in a supernatural level that's different than anybody else in the world that's around you. So whether you understand all about the Holy Spirit or just learning about the Holy Spirit, whether you're excited when you hear about the Holy Spirit or you're afraid of the Holy Spirit, we all need this baptism in the Holy Spirit. So I'm encouraging you today just to continue your spiritual journey. As your pastor, I'm, I'm so thankful that God lets me shepherd you guys and say, hey, look, we, we've kind of eaten up the grass in this field. Let's go over to this other field because God wants to reveal some new things to us. I want to encourage you in your spiritual journey to walk in all and possess all that God has for you today. See, none of us today can say, I've got all that God has for me. I've arrived. No. Listen, we're all on a journey of possessing all that God has for us. And when you get empowered with the Holy Spirit, you're going to do things that you never thought that you could do. And again, we think of that just within the context of the church. I'm saying you're going to understand things if you're a teacher. You're going to understand things as a teacher that you never understood before to be able to help those kids or those young people that you're teaching. If you're a business person, you're going you're gonna to understand some things about how to run your business like you've never understood before. If you've got a spiritual gift on you, and most of us have these, you're going to be able to operate in that. Listen, before Peter was empowered with the Holy Spirit, the day they came and took Jesus away, a little girl scared him. 
little girl came up and said, hey, he was with Jesus. And he's like, I don't even know that guy. And he actually began to cuss. 50 days later, fast forward, he preaches to thousands of people. And 3,000 people give their life to Christ. What's the difference? He was empowered with the Holy Spirit. So don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. you got to run to him. Again, you're going to have to recognize that he's a, he's a good God and he wants to do good things in your life. And he's going to empower you to live for him. Listen, here's my encouragement for you today from Ephesians 5. It says this, do not get drunk on wine. Because some of you are looking for a supernatural experience in your life. You want something than just the ordinary things that are going on in your life. But notice that it leads to debauchery. You know what debauchery is? It's an, it's an overindulgence in sensual things. You're constantly just wanting your senses to be satisfied. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So let me close quickly by giving you four things that all of us can and need to do to continue on the journey that God has for us. First thing, remove all the barriers. You're going to have to make a choice that you're going to have to remove some barriers. See, God has more for you but you'll only receive them if you're willing to remove things that are in the way. I don't know what your barrier is. I know what it was for me. When I was 19 years, and I've shared this in this series, so I'm not going to elaborate, but when I was 19 years of age, I actually started drinking. I'm sorry, uh, 16 years of age. I started, um, uh, went out and drank with some of my friends and got drunk. My brother told on me, not my brother that is here, but a brother far away now. Um, my brother told on me I got in trouble from my parents and got called up in front of the church on a Sunday night service. And the pastor that night began praying for me and try, was trying to push me over, trying to push me down. I wasn't willing to do the courtesy drop. Some of you know what that means. And so I kept kind of resisting him. And when he, he, I got done and he got done, he said, why don't you kneel down here and pray? And I got up thinking, the Spirit of God is not real. And it, it took me a while to get past that obstacle in my life. And I don't know what your obstacle is, but you're going to have to remove the obstacles in your life. See, some of you need to be water baptized. There's an obstacle in the way. Some of you need to get into a connect group. But people have hurt you and you're afraid to get in some relation. There's an obstacle in the way. Some of you need to go through the growth track, but you're afraid of hanging around. What are they going to do? Are they gonna, is that where the snake handling really takes place? We don't handle snakes here, just in case you're a guest today. There's an obstacle in the way. Some of you need to step up into a leadership role. You've been serving for a while. God, you know that God's got a mantle of leadership on you. There's something in the way. Some of you have doctrinal hang-ups about the Holy Spirit. You were taught incorrectly that it was just for the disciples and it doesn't work anymore. Some of you just have some fear related to it. Listen, Acts 2 says that we are to repent. You know what that means? It means just change your mind and receive the Holy Spirit. They're just, you, you privately, just saying, God, I want all that you have for me. Second thing is request the gift of the Holy Spirit. So first thing is we've got to remove some obstacles. Second thing, request the gift of the Holy Spirit. You need to get alone with the Holy Spirit and you need to tell him, listen, I know that everything that you have for me is good. I'll take everything that you have. There, there, that's the prayer that you can pray. You can trust again that God is good. It's one of the reasons why I like to weave that into all of the messages all the time. God is good. Because sometimes we forget that God is good. We, we deal with an issue and we think, God, have you left me? I want you to know God is good. you got to be reminded that God is good. Get alone with God and say, I want everything that you have for me. Listen, and don't try to receive what you think is normal. 
Because some of you in your lives, normal is not working for you. You're normal in, in your marriage. You've been there for about four or five years or 10 years or 25 years. And you still got this angst between the two of you. Some of you normal in the area of finances or in, in health issues. It's not working for you. Listen, God, God didn't call you and I to live normal, ordinary lives. He called us to live supernatural, extraordinary lives. Why? So that we're awesome? Yes, part of it. He wants us to be blessed. But you want to know the greatest testimony that you and I have is when people see the goodness of God flowing out of our lives, this extraordinary life, and they're going, please help me understand what you've got. For years, we've made Christianity about religion, rules, do's and don'ts. And so people are going, I'm not interested in that. But when the goodness of God begins to come upon us and we begin to walk in the fullness of what God has, people go, I don't know what you have, but I want that. That's the extraordinary life. So we've got to repent. We've got to change our mind about some things. Luke 11 says this. This is Jesus speaking before he had died. He said, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You simply have to ask. You just have have to have an open heart. And by the way, don't ask this. Don't ask this way. Holy Spirit, you can come into my lab, but you better behave. You can operate within this confinement right here. You've got to open up your heart to him. So request the gift of the Holy Spirit. Third thing you've got to do is receive him by faith. Everything that God wants us to walk in, we receive by faith. And let me explain this to you because I don't know that I necessarily like this about God, but it's just kind of the way that he rolls. It is. He asks you to take a step of faith. He asks you to take a leap of faith, to step into the unknown. See, there are a lot of things about God that you can understand with your mind, and I'm thankful there's some things that we can understand. But there are some things about God that our minds just can't fully comprehend. You do realize he's God. We're not. So our minds sometimes cannot fully comprehend. And it was a a leap of faith that moves everyone that does something extraordinary. Listen, it was a leap of faith for us to start this church with 11 people. Five of them were kids. It was a leap of faith when all of my friends and people, extended family, were saying, what are you doing? It was a leap of faith, and it requires a leap of faith for us to lay hold of some of the things that God has for us. See, God is inviting you to take one more step, and that's all he's asking you to do, by the way. He's not asking you to step from step one to step 14. If you're at step one, he's looking for you to take step two. If you're at step 14, he's looking for you to take step 15. He's asking you to take one more step. But again, it's a step of faith. And and here's how Ezekiel puts kind of what the spiritual life is like. And I really am closing with this verse. Ezekiel chapter 47 says this. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water, through this spiritual experience. But notice this. It was only ankle deep. You're just saved. You've just gotten in and given your life to Christ. You're ankle deep. And and I, I love the fact, again, that this is the only thing that you need. This is the only thing that you have to have. But it's only ankle deep. And again, I love the fact that we're all at different places. From people here today that are possibly, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, all the way to people that are radical, charging hell with a water pistol Christians. 
We're all at different places. Some of you are dealing with doubt. Some of you are dealing with fear. Some of you are dealing and walking in filled and being full of faith. We're all at different places. Going on in verse 4, and he measured off another thousand cubits that led me through the water that was knee deep. You've gotten in a little bit deeper now. You've been coming to church for a while. And when you first got here, a lot of things freaked you out. But suddenly you find yourself about the third song. Woohoo! Thank you, Jesus. Boy, I just raised my hand in worship. What was that all about? You kind of got in knee deep, and suddenly now you're, you're kind of finding yourself, you know, um, beginning to, to say the declarations instead of just enduring the declarations. Because when you first came, you thought, this is a weird church. What are they chanting about? And you're just, you're in knee deep now. You're beginning to understand some things. And it goes on to say, because knee deep. And he measured off another thousand, led me through the water, and it was now up to our waist. You've made a decision to go through the growth track. You're now deciding, you know what, connect groups are coming up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get plugged in. But notice in all three stages that you're wet, you're experiencing God, but you're still in control. You get in ankle deep, and man, you can handle the water fine. You get in knee deep, you can handle You get in waist deep, and it gets, you know, you're kind of feeling it a little bit, but you're still in control. But listen, just so you know today, there's an invitation for every one of us that are followers of Jesus Christ for more to go a little bit deeper, to go into a little bit more of what he has. Verse 5, and it says, he measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross. In fact, I'm no longer in control. The river's now actually in control, and because the water had risen, it was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. And it goes on to talk about how this is the place of the river that is teeming with life. It's where all the action is, where all of the things that are happening. And the biggest challenge in this abundant life that you and I walk in, to walk in the fullness of what I talk about and and what God wants to have operating in our lives is that it requires a leap of faith. God is going to be patient with you, by the way, through your journey. Again, I want you to hear that today because... Again, if you were raised like me, you got beat up every time that you weren't as passionate about God as you needed to be. And I, I hope that you don't ever come here and feel like I'm banging you over the head with the Bible. Hope that you recognize that there's a journey that God has you on and he is being patient with you. He knows where you are, but he's inviting you to get in a little bit deeper. Because he wants you to walk in the fullness of what he has for you. But just so you know, you need to enjoy the journey. You really do. Life's not about a destination, it really is the journey. Ultimately, our destination obviously is heaven. But listen, the abundant life, the amazing life that God has for all of us is happening right now. It is, you're here today, you're, 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 you're breathing. You, you, most of us have jobs, you've, you've got transportation, you've got a beautiful home, you've got family, you've got the church family. We're walking in it right now, we need to enjoy the journey. So again, four things. you got to remove the barriers, request the Holy Spirit, step out in faith to, so that you can do this fourth and final thing, and that's relate to him daily. See, the Holy Spirit wants to walk with us daily to speak to us about business decisions, to speak to us about relationship issues, to speak to us about an understanding from the Word of God. He wants to relate to us daily. But we have to invite him in. Say, God, I want to receive you daily. I want to be daily immersed today. I want to be daily baptized in the Holy Spirit today. So I want to pray this final verse over you today. Guys, throw it up there if you would. Relate to him daily is point four from 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14. Here's what I'm praying today over you today is that you will be overwhelmed with the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ. 
For some of you, it's where you're at today that you still think it's about your behavior and about you doing all the right things. It's not. It's about God's grace, His unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. The extravagant love of God. That you would understand today just how extravagant, how amazing God's love is for you today. That He loves you with an everlasting love today. And the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. As we conclude this series, that we will recognize that the Holy Spirit wants to have an intimate friendship with you. He wants to relate to you daily. He wants to help you. Understanding things you've never understood before so that you're empowered to walk in things that you've never understood before. But it comes from you and I constantly being immersed in and receiving the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask you just about... This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit amarillofellowship.com.